0: Welcome to episode 18 of F-Stop Collaborate and Listen with host Matt Payne. Today's guest is Cecil Witt. Cecil is uh, out of Santa Fe, New Mexico. And man, I got to tell you, his work um, of the the Southwest is unparalleled in terms of volume and quality. Um, It's so funny. I went to his website for the first time. And it's like a Wikipedia rabbit hole, like you just go deeper and deeper and you go into these images and you're like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. We had a great conversation um, about what it's like, um, what it was like for his journey as an artist and just shooting what you like and what it's like to use your art um, as a therapeutic tool. I think you guys will enjoy the podcast this week. Um, As usual, please reach out to me on social media, uh, Matt Payne Photo or Matt Payne Photography. Um, If you have any ideas or other guests that you have in mind, or if you yourself would like to be on the podcast, and please uh, rate the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you so much. Cecil witt, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it
1: oh my pleasure thanks matt
0: yeah i don't I don't know if you realize this or not, but uh you are looked at as quite an inspirational uh figure in landscape photography to a lot of really highly respected uh artists
1: well, I'm flattered yeah and i I have had some support you know that I definitely appreciate because there's not a ton of money in it for
0: me. <laughs> well, I don't think there's a ton of money in, it in any for anyone. That's <laughs> funny. You know, I was listening to a podcast uh, this past week when I was backpacking, and um, it was the Traveling Image Makers podcast, and they had um, Ian Plant on, and they had um, oh shoot, why do my my brain does this to me all the time? But anyway, oh they were talking oh joshua Cripps. yes and they were talk. they were talking about um money and they were talking about how you know back in the day like yeah you could make really good money as a landscape photographer just submit some slides to some magazines and you were rolling in the dough but nowadays it's like you gotta grind for it
1: Sure. Yeah, and uh, I think at one there was a little window there, even in stock photos. Some I missed that as well, but <laughs> could make a- some pretty good, you know, support.
0: Yeah, I think I missed all the windows, so I I looked out.
1: It's a good thing we <laughs> love doing it, then, huh?
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. So, for those of people that don't know who you are, tell us a lot, just a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you from? Kind of how did you get into like how did you get into all this
1: oh well i'm an old guy probably the oldest one you'll have interviewed for sure uh just turned 67 i got my first camera in 1971 and at the same time i also got you know a little black and white dark room oh cool so yeah and then it was just off to the races
0: and uh, and you're in Santa Fe, New Mexico, is that right?
1: I am, yeah. I'm going on my third year here. I've, I move around a lot, but maybe less now than before.
0: Yeah, I'll actually be in Santa Fe in a week and a half.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, stop by.
0: Yeah, maybe so. I think we're going to go to um, Meow Wolf, check that out again. Yeah, That place is, a, is crazy.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. When people ask me about Santa Fe, I... They're just right on the outskirts, but I've only been downtown a few times. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's I awesome. know people save up and this is their vacation, and and I love the galleries, and you know I'll go hang out there, but yeah.
0: So how do you how do you find Santa Fe as a as a hub in terms of um, your ability to shoot the subjects you enjoy to shoot, but also in terms of um, how you make a living at this
1: well you know i it's i'm a full-timer but i really i don't teach workshops or uh, i have skype lessons or anything yeah i know uh my partner here she looks at me funny sometimes (laughs) why is that well, you know, the money, I mean, there's just never enough. I mean, I'm kind of like on Social Security. and I, I've i never really had a real job other than briefly a couple times in my whole life. I mean, okay. I've, had, I've had plenty of survivor jobs, you know, little temp jobs. Sure. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't really worry about it. It's just, I mean, I've always been taking care of so far and so it's okay
0: right on what about in terms of um the types of subjects you like to shoot how does Santa Fe treat you there
1: well it's closer to you know kind of my little home spots because you know I'm a kind of rock geology shooter specifically and when I very first came out here I was well okay I'll tell you this real short story uh, All right, I like it. I was I was in New Orleans, okay, when Katrina hit, and I know that you know the hurricanes down in Texas now. Yeah. So that was that was a big life changer. I'd I'd lived there almost five years to the day, and you know I was pretty much into a very strong Bohemian lifestyle there, uh, but in a way, Hurricane Katrina kind of changed my life big time because i didn't evacuate like 11 days after they were given free airplane rides oh
0: yeah
1: yeah and so i got one of the very last ones but they wouldn't tell us where we were going until we were off the ground (laughs) (laughs) so So we're, you know, we're just off the ground. They said, okay, you guys are going to Chicago. And I go, yes. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, there was a lot of support on the Chicago end because everybody wanted to help, you know, and give money and do stuff and take you out to dinner and give you free clothes and apartments for a year and a car and all that stuff so anyway i kind of settled in and i got i was on the news you know and chicago is a pretty major market so they started following my story but anyway, uh i went digital then because my film camera ended up in the water so oh sure yeah all my old stuff but you know it was old stuff So I got my first digital camera there and, you know, just kind of, I lived in actually on the suburbs in Naperville, which is a little bit out, but they have like pretty big parks there with even deer running around them in there. And so I started kind of doing you know, that park photography? Because before in New Orleans I was doing real hardcore street stuff, you know, street photography, like the characters, sure. uh you know, kind of like the, on
0: Bourbon uh, Street and stuff like that? No,
1: not so much more that more like somebody that lived there. I mean it oh, was yeah, yeah, sure. you know, a bit grittier, uh characters, you know, drug addicts. Yeah, yeah. Music- the human
0: condition, if you yeah, will. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, musicians a bit. And so when I was in Chicago and started shooting this landscape, and uh, we were kind of set up for a year. But after the year ended up, and I like Chicago, and but at my age, and since I didn't really have a career income, I, I decided to bounce. So I ended up in Nashville. I moved okay. to, to Nashville, and when I was there, and since I'd already kind of, okay, I shot the parks here, let's go for something a little grittier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And I started shooting waterfalls. And, you yeah. know, I was learning digital and Photoshop. I got in at CS2. and You know, I'd, I'd already shot sheet film. I knew the zone system, but it was, I thought, well, you know, with this, photoshop man i mean a couple of weeks i'm just gonna go in there and clean up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it actually the learning curve was quite a bit longer and i'm still learning i guess oh, no doubt and uh,
0: i feel like that's one of the best parts about uh landscape photography is that um unless you're not if, unless you have zero humility or are not have any humble bones in your body like it's you're constantly learning like different things like at least i feel like that's what i like about it
1: yeah and if if you're not learning on a fair i mean it's not a straight vertical learning thing
0: yeah i mean it's more
1: like a jagged like but it's spiraling sort of upwards and yeah when you stop learning i mean you're done
0: (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. you're done no doubt
1: so anyway, back to the Nashville, I shot, and then the internet was, you know, more accessible, and I was starting to look at other photography, and, you know, I saw some of the uh, Southwest stuff, and I said, man, I gotta get out there, that's what i want to shoot.
0: <laughs> no doubt.
1: So after a year, you know, I came down here and surveyed the whole place out, and so then I moved to Salt Lake City, which was closer to the desert. Yeah. And... Then I, you know, from there to Reno to here.
0: <laughs> so you, you're kind of a little bit of a nomad.
1: Yeah, especially back then. Especially yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So you've so you're kind of settling down more there in Santa Fe then.
1: Well, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> right you never know, but. Uh, yeah it's close. I mean, I can get to some place like the Bista area it's about three hours three and a half hours,
0: yeah, I think Bista is two hours from me.
1: yeah, you're yeah. closer than I am,
0: yeah, man, what a place that is it like uh, I, there's just so many cool things to shoot out there. It's like you could walk around there for days and days and days, and
1: well, you know that's it because uh you know some people say, well, you've already been there like. Many times, I mean, why do you keep wanting to go back? Well, I usually give a little space when I go in, you know, in between. I mean, I won't go shoot it this month for a month and then go skip a month and then shoot in another month. I'll wait a year or something like that. When I go back, I mean, there's there'll be different light. I'll be a different person and different, you know, place in my artistic journey. So it. it, it you know, I haven't got tired of it yet. Let's put it yeah,
0: that Yeah, that's awesome. Man, I got to tell you a funny story. So um, I think I was interviewing, I think it was David Thompson, and uh, he had mentioned you, and I, for, for whatever reason, I had never heard of you before, and he was like, oh, man, you got to check out his stuff. So I went to your website, and I looked at your gallery, and I was like, oh, that's, yeah, man, these are some cool shots. And then I had this realization that, all 9 billion of these thumbnails on your website contain 9 billion more photos inside (laughs) of them. And it was like, oh no, like, I was like, I just hit the jackpot. Like, this is insane. Like, ah, you... Hey, Matt, you,
1: you think this is... As they say in New Orleans, you think this is a game? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't,
0: but man, I was like blown away by how much, first of all, just how much you've shot, but second of all, like, it's so good. Like, there's not any bad stuff in your gallery. It's amazing.
1: Well, well, thank you. You know, I've covered so many genres. I mean, I've only been doing the landscape thing full time. I mean, there's very little in photography that i haven't tried to essay at one time or another
0: <laughs> sure uh
1: but this is another thing about me I, I probably shoot faster than any landscape photographer that you would ever ever run into
0: hmm.
1: i mean i used to shoot bands back in the day and i used, you know street photography and yeah right you know it's digital now okay and You're putting a square around something. I've been doing it so long that I don't think it's going to get any better if I just spend more time at it. Now, I'm not saying it wouldn't, (laughs) okay, (laughs) but it's just kind of the way I am. So, yeah, and plus I like using my toys.
0: Sure, absolutely. No doubt about it. Well, so, man, so it's I was checking out that um, interview you did with Aperture Academy and... I saw they had a picture on there with you and Paul Rojas and David Thompson. I, I got I got the pleasure of shooting Monument Valley with um, Paul and a couple other guys back in March. I mean, he is such a cool dude.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I totally, 1,000% agree with that because I used to shoot with uh, Craig Thompson. He's also in that picture. And yeah. He's kind of doing his own thing right now, so... We haven't gotten out lately, but, uh, you know, after those guys left, we're like, geez, that is a positive flow.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Like, super uh, just uh, awesome yeah. to be with. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Very uh, impressive. So, there is hope for the next generation, I guess.
0: Right. Well, there. sometimes <laughs> I wonder. So, uh, one of the topics I wanted to talk to you about, especially since you've been around the block a few times... What are your thoughts on um, on preserving these locations that you shoot? And what I mean by that is, like in terms of um, telling people where you got a shot or 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 things like that. What is your philosophy around that?
1: Well, when I first started, I thought it was the righteous thing to do to you know not be creepy and hide your locations and you know just because. I wanted to share, you know, the places.
0: Sure, sure. Uh,
1: I've kind of, like, changed my attitude about that lately. I mean, if it's already a very well-known place, like the Bistai Badlands, I will, when I post it to my website or anywhere else, I'll put Bistai Badlands. That's where it was. I mean, I think pretty much everyone that wants to know knows where it is. Yep. But there's a lot more obscure places that are very delicate, and I just don't share those anymore. I mean, they're there. If you want to go hoof it and find them, you know, I'm sure you can. I found them, okay? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I don't want to put a blinking lights, you know, and just have, you know, it turn into something else.
0: Right. You know, like it's worse,
1: funny. Worse. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah,
0: it's funny because um, I have mixed feelings about some of these places that have become popularized. On one hand, it's terrible that these amazingly iconic locations are just overrun with crowds. But then, on the other hand, I feel like, in some ways, it draws people to those places and keeps them away from other places, which I think is, in some ways, a good thing. I know that sounds weird, but...
1: No, I, I understand the dichotomy. I mean, uh, I don't think the U.S. is in that great a shape, personally. And uh, anything uh, that can get out in nature or whatever, it's got to be a positive thing. And then, But you still want to protect places that are... Cause in, in my career, I mean, just as a landscape photographer, like, uh, when I used to go to Hobgoblin Playground or, uh, oh, I forget the other name for it, but anyway, it's there on the Nevada, like, kind of corner. Yeah. Uh, when I first went there, I mean, there's all these orange rocks, but the thing that kind of made it cool was they had all these white salts that would come up they're not there now yeah right <laughs> they're gone <laughs> i don't know how long i mean if no one went there if they would come back in one year or ten years i don't know but it's it's not the same
0: yeah well i mean there's
1: but i don't want to be selfish either you know what i'm saying <laughs> like well i shot it and i'm not gonna tell you because i want to be cool or something you know it's not that
0: right right well, it's funny because I think there's more and more locations that I know about that have just become trampled in terms of like traffic and, and popularity and just getting ruined. And I don't know if it's just the sheer number of people or the, the the type of people that are visiting these locations. They just don't have an appreciation for what it takes to to keep those places pristine, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, there's always going to be some nuts that are going to do stupid stuff, but I think it's just really the volume.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it's like if you go to somewhere like South Coyote Buttes and it's permitted and they're, you know, it's regulated. But even just like 10 people walking in there, I mean, every time I walk in there, I break something. I mean, there's no way to walk in there without breaking
0: something. Right, right,
1: right. And, And when you start. Even with that small number, you know, it just adds up.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, grass grows back. <laughs> <Hell> <laughs> rocks, right. that are, rocks that are broken, they don't grow back together.
0: No, they don't. So when I did my um, interview with Hillary Younger, um, she had mentioned that I should take a look at your Redbubble profile. <laughs> And it, you have, oh
1: lord you have, <laughs> that's still up
0: yeah you have this like little article or <laughs> kind of story on there about becoming a great landscape photographer kinda I think is what it's called and I got oh. such a kick out of reading that because it was I thought it was just really full of truth you know like it describes your journey I think a little bit in terms of what it's been like to be a, be an artist?
1: Well, thank you. I, you know, I'm not the best writer by any means. I uh, had some issues with my English teachers, and okay, I'm not gonna do anything which you know, stupid, because I was the one that lost. She could care less. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was trying to be like truthful and humorous. That wasn't.
0: No, I I got a kick out of it. I mean, you you basically talk about like, oh, you're gonna be br- you become broke as hell and <laughs> well,
1: yeah, well that's all true
0: and embarrassed and it's like yeah, that actually sounds like the journey of a photographer.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's all true. I mean, I, this is not fiction. It was pretty so, much all true.
0: So talk to me a little bit about what that journey looks like for someone who's been in it as long as you have i mean obviously you know you have an amazing portfolio of images but that obviously didn't come overnight so what what did that journey look like for you in terms of what you had to put into it and learn and what were the sacrifices and lessons and things like that
1: oh well let me just address the sacrifice thing Uh, If you think it's a sacrifice to do this, you're not ready to do it. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) You're not ready. I mean, go out and have your fun, you know, do whatever you want to do. I mean, there's no right answer. So uh, uh, what's it been like? Well, I think... A lot of people that get obsessed with the art thing or the attempt to do art, there's usually some sort of inner situation that kind of they're trying through their images or whatever to, you know, it's like medicine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I think that and, Maybe there was just nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I dropped out of college, and I'm now never was sorry. They said, "Oh, you're gonna be sorry when you drop out of engineering school." <laughs> I said, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> so you know, I don't know. I mean, it's. I mean, it's, it's just it's normal life for me. <laughs> so it's really hard to talk about.
0: Right, like it seems different to me because it's completely opposite of what my life looks like. But it, it's, I guess, just in reading that little snippet where you wrote on Redbubble, I got, I got kind of a glimpse into your, into your, your path of becoming a artist, and, and it was just really fascinating to me, I guess.
1: Well, thank you. Do you want to live it? <laughs> <laughs> well, not necessarily. <laughs> well, let's talk
0: about that. What What is it like to live that life as deeply as you have?
1: Well, I don't know. It just like I said, it just seems normal to me. It's there's been ups and downs. I mean, I've seen stuff. It's kind of like uh, back in the old days riding an English motorcycle. I mean, when it's working good, there's nothing more fun. <laughs> <laughs> But when it's broke, when it's not running so good, it's, it's not fun. And it can be quite hellish. You know? Sure. And it will take you to places uh, that normal people won't go just from a bohemian lifestyle. Because just because you're not doing the art like 24-7, I mean, there's, you're still living the art the other times. And that can take you to some pretty, pretty odd little situations, to say the least. right well i just and you get trapped and in some of those situations you get trapped in you know and and you meet uh very interesting unique sometimes fringe people tragic figures sometimes usually tragic in some level so there's that (laughs) i mean a lot of people want to romanticize uh the artistic life and i'm not talking about being successful or you know whether you are seen by one or seen by a hundred or make a million dollars or ten dollars uh it's you know it's it's not for everyone
0: no that's for sure <laughs> i just wanted to read a little bit of, a, of an excerpt from this because i think people will appreciate it so um It says, of course, you're alone by now, so 14 hours a day, practice shooting and learning every nook and cranny of Photoshop, and the rest of the technology should not present a problem. The occasional numinous experience in the field will be a comfort. This phase will last 10 years. If you get to this point, you deserve a hearty congratulations. You you have now arrived. So what does it all mean? Feels good having some economic security for a change. Wrong! You will be as broke or broker than ever.
1: <laughs> it was. It's all true in my in my case. Your mileage may vary.
0: <laughs> I just feel like anyone who's aspiring to do this full-time, if they read that, I feel like they would either have one of two reactions. They would either go, Oh, man, that sounds like quite the journey. And then someone else might say, Hell with that! <laughs> right
1: or they might say this guy needs some medicine quick <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: right so what so
1: what, what i would say yeah, ahead, just yeah. about just about that uh i can't believe i wrote that and it was quite a while ago but uh, i do believe in craft probably a lot more than some landscape photographers do I, I, I do believe in craft
0: and what do you mean by that
1: well just the tools that you you know you're presenting your work with I mean I know it's you know a lot of people romanticize what it's like you know to live an artistic or attempt art lifestyle uh, but you know you don't really have to have a tripod, or you don't have to learn Photoshop. Cause just my eye and my inspiration's gonna get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know?
1: right. I, I see I don't I believe that. I, I mean, all that good stuff that I just said—that's cool. But you need craft. Mm-hmm. You need craft. Right. I'm a very firm believer in
0: that. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Alex Noriega said, "You can't polish a turd."
1: <laughs> well, I have no response.
0: <laughs> well, uh, what do you mean? I love I love
1: Alex's work though. I mean, I I'm not saying. Well,
0: that. I think it's, he's kind of saying the same thing you just said in that, you know, you can have a great eye and you can, you know, go out there and take shots, but like there's a craft to creating a great image and it requires skill. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, if you want to learn how to play the guitar, you got to learn the scales, the chords, the this, the that, the yada, 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 yada. Right. And that's that's going to add uh, value to your music, you know, and complexity to it, and nuances, and stuff like that. And just, you know, what you yourself would want to look at, I mean, basically.
0: Right, right. <laughs> so one of the, one of the things you mentioned <clears throat> was that you've noticed that for a lot of people um, that photography is almost like a medicine is that is that something that you believe to be true for yourself and if so let's tell me a little bit about that
1: oh this might be a <clears throat> kind of a different way of looking at it but I had mentioned to you that I had heard some of your uh, interviews before, and you had mentioned that you had a master's degree in psychology. Yeah. Well, this is what happened to me very, very early on. uh, And I felt very fortunate about this. I mean, I really didn't... start out as a photographer. I started out, because you got to understand, I mean, I was 18 years old in 1968. That's when, like, Hendrix, you know, the whole scene, the hippie scene, all that, the Vietnam War. Sure. And so I, I since I'd already kind of been exposed to what I would loosely call a kind of spiritual outlook, I kind of really just wanted to be a monk and a holy man. <laughs> I know it sounds stupid I know it sounds stupid now, but there was a, just going to be really one big problem with that. I was just way too worldly. On the other hand, so there was kind of a duality thing going on, and there was other issues, shall we say. So as as a therapy, anyway, I developed, digress there a bit um i took a university extension course i I can't remember what it was called it was something like uh exploring yourself through art but anyway it was taught by a art therapist okay and she uh was a therapist at a child home or some place where you know, abandoned or abused children went. And the basic drift of it was, although the class wasn't teaching us how to be a therapist, and I'd already read a lot about symbols, and I'd read everything that Jung had ever written, and I know everyone says Jung, but I say Jung, so. any <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> Anyway, you know the guy we're talking about. Yeah. And that really <laughs> set off a light bulb in my head. Uh, because you know, when I got my camera, I wouldn't say that I had you know a real strong painting background or anything like that. Uh, so I was, you know, like a lot of photographers, you just get a camera and you just you're winging it, you know, you yeah, <laughs> you haven't been taught composition or color theory or blah blah blah. So, anyway that set off a light bulb for me. And it was a very hard to find, uh, the literature back then. This was pre-internet, uh, about, and I don't know what she actually did at her job. I mean, she just took like kids, uh, drawings and probably analyzed them and shared it with other therapists. So they could kind of get an idea where the kid was at, you know? Uh, but I did find the books, and I was like, damn, this is some powerful stuff for visual artists. And even though I'm a lowly photographer and not an abstract painter, I mean, it, it still counts. Okay? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, yeah, I finally found the information, and it's that was a big thing for me. I mean... If you, if no one's familiar with it, and you, and you probably know much more about this than I do, I mean, on the actual day to day therapy thing. But what I got from it for me was like, let's say, like a young child. Let's say, okay, here's some paper and here's all the crayons. Just draw something, okay? And and you can actually, from what they draw. Uh, tell where they're psychically at if that might be the word uh their approach to color their approach to symmetry sure uh, con contrast and there's there's other little tells like uh the peeling paint syndrome which would be uh you know psychic faults you know or lines of fracture that's kind of things or if there's a line that goes all the way from one edge of the <clears throat> The paper to the other you know that indicates something else and on, and on and on and on but that's just the general drift of it that that's very very powerful stuff and so basically what my thinking was well damn if I know this I can start really getting into people's heads <laughs> <laughs> Not not to manipulate them or control them, but just to make my interest images more interesting.
0: Oh, fascinating!
1: If, yeah, and if you throw uh, some color theory, and there's been tons of studies, but it's not generally well known, is what I mean. There's books about color saying, well, okay, red uh, raises your blood pe- pressure, and that's why they. Had the capes and the bullfights and stuff like that, but it gets way more, way more complicated. And so, yeah, as a you know, as obsessive person I was, I wanted to know all of that.
0: So you, so you studied that, and then you found ways to incorporate what you learned through that into your photos.
1: Yes and no. I mean. It kind of, that kind of reminds me of that, that movie, which probably is so old, hardly anyone's seen. It's, uh, it was Cape Fear. And this character, Robert De Niro, was in prison. And when he fi- he was read all these books, apparently he was illiterate before he went into prison. But after he read all these books, he's leaving. And he finally gets out. He's walking out the gate. And this guard says... Uh, hey, scholar, aren't you going to take your books? Nope. Without even turning around, he says, nope, I already read them. (laughs) So here's here's what I do. You know, I'll study a subject, you know, until I think I've really mastered it, okay, the fundamentals. Then that's it, okay? So whether it's color theory or all that, you know, what, your art really means okay just by looking at it you can read someone's psych okay it's more difficult to do in a like photography say or for an adult because you would have to look at a body of their work but if you do you know eventually you can kind of you can tell where they're at so so <clears throat> i go out <throat> oh, here just we go to make a long <laughs> when i go out just to make a long story short I don't think about any of that. I'm just like a little kid out in the rock playground. I just shoot what looks cool to me. But all that stuff, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So if I'm going to flip this around on you a little bit. So if you were on yeah. the outside looking in at your body of work, what do you think people, what do you think it would say about you?
1: oh jeez I wouldn't hazard to guess I mean uh, <laughs> i I think uh once you learn the visual language and once you get to a certain thing I mean I'm reminded of and I'm going to say this again youme his essay on Picasso I mean uh in psychological terms
0: yeah in psychological terms or
1: it's a it's a great essay you can find it on the internet for free uh it's it's i don't know i i think i would hope that they just like it without having to go all those places (laughs) well you know i mean funny in a way that stuff's kind of reserved for the specialist after all isn't it
0: yeah you know it's funny though because when i look at a lot of your images they all seem to have a similar archetype in my mind in terms of um there always seems to be an object in the scene that's what my friend Michael Bellino would call a hero or you know something that's like maybe in the distance or or taller than every everything else that's that's kind of just stands out above everything else and draws your attention to it almost like um it's just there's no helping your eye that to go there and i feel like a lot of your imagery does that and i but and a lot of it's through these through these spire spires and rock formations and things like that and i just wonder if 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 you know it's almost like your your your, your work is trying to portray like a i don't know like a upwardly or divine type of um scene I I can't even articulate my words here but
1: well that's you know that's a pretty good read of it and and when you were saying about therapy I mean I think that's definitely a driving force I mean I think there was a point in my life where I read every self-help book that was available (laughs) (laughs) and worked on it for years and Nothing really changed that much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, so. So I do it to my heart, yeah. but Yeah. Um, I think I've kind of acquiesced in just the fact that uh, this is the way I am, and this is my little, you know, contribution, and it's, you know, it's, it, yeah, it is what it is.
0: Well, it- I really appreciate it. I mean, there's some really cool stuff in your gallery. But I like your
1: reading. <laughs> I like your reading of it. And I certainly wouldn't disagree with it, but you know, a lot of that's just unconscious for me. I mean, at this point, I mean, I I used to really think about it more, but now I just, you know, I go out and shoot and sometimes I think this is another thing that may sound creepy to some people, there is there is an, an, how can I say this without stuttering? Uh, There's an otherness to the work. I mean, it's kind of like you, because you're there and you took it and it's all the books you've read and all the life experiences you've had. But it's also, in a way, kind of getting your ego out of it. As much as possible and which is not easy and just kind of channeling things <laughs> yeah
0: well, I feel like for a lot of people a lot of photographers they're not able to do that I feel like the well, I think I think anybody can. Ego, you know
1: well you know I think it's anybody can do it but I mean things are repressed for a reason
0: because <laughs> <laughs> they're not enjoyable <laughs>
1: That's right, and they could even be life-threatening.
0: Absolutely, as
1: far as that goes. So uh, I'm sure, and you've probably have seen that firsthand.
0: Oh yeah, no doubt about it. I've, I mean, even in the photography world, just going out or you know, each you come across some very interesting people in this in this world in terms of even landscape photographers. There's a, it's kind of weird. There's a lot of mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> i hate to say it but there is there's...
1: that's it perfect that's me in a nutshell well,
0: you know i i personally don't think there's anything wrong with mental illness i think there's when when mental illness becomes a problem is when it goes untreated and you know people find themselves in situations that are irreversible you know so, well
1: yeah i mean you don't like to see people suffer yeah, absolutely you yeah. know and, and uh, and you know I'm a pretty well-read insane person. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> and I'm not really dangerous to society. Right, right,
0: right. Well,
1: and I think you know, but the largest of my portfolio, it probably does help to have an addictive personality that you can channel in that way, as opposed to you know just going down if you know sure I mean. I mean
0: it's funny because i think a lot of people choose to um you know it's funny my 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 mom had a drinking problem and and now she's like she's an obsessed bird watcher like that's all she does is go birding and and like she can identify like every bird there ever was and obvious
1: which is an out which isn't an out-and-out out gain for her.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and that's a much more healthy way of spending your time and energy.
1: Absolutely. So, <laughs> absolutely. But I
0: think it's funny how some people have that tendency to, like, just put their all into everything, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those people that... Uh, Rather unfortunately, and sometimes they were the smartest ones, From oh, I'm
0: absolutely,
1: didn't actually make it out the other end. <laughs> right. So yeah, uh, yeah.
0: So let's uh, yeah, let's uh, shift gears a little bit. Um, so sure. one of the questions that I ask all of my guests is, um, you know, based on the the name of the podcast, F-stop, collaborate, and listen, what kind of advice would you have for other photographers out there
1: oh you know it's it depends on what your motivation is i mean do you want to do it long term i mean in in an ambitious way that where you can kind of project yourself into it but uh just go out and shoot what you like find what you what you love You know, and just shoot that. Now, having said that, with digital, and I think I said this at the beginning, that was a long time ago, uh, you know, Photoshop and post-processing is not going to go away. And if you're a beginning photographer and you see somebody else's images and you think you can go click the shutter and that's what it's going to look like, that's not going to happen.
0: Right. Technology's (laughs) not quite there yet.
1: And I don't think it's going to go back, you know, to what it was before. Uh, There's plenty of stuff on Google. I mean, you don't have to get full-on obsessed. I mean, you got a job, you got kids, you know, you like to get out, you like to shoot. But throw in a little post-processing in there, and it's all free online, (laughs) pretty much.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, I haven't paid any money for... I wouldn't say I have the best processing in the world, but there's a lot you can learn for sure, like just by doing a little bit of research.
1: <laughs> yeah, when I first started, uh, I, you know, I, I think I have a little teeny bit of a different look than a lot of photographers, because when I started, there was—I mean, you couldn't Google and just get anything about tons, thousands of. Uh, Things about luminosity masking or this that or the other so what was kind of available at the time was from a graphics art point of view so that's kind of where i i started and that's kind of my workflow even to this day interesting
0: interesting. so you you have a relatively atypical workflow i bet
1: yeah i mean and i'm not really i mean I haven't really researched photographers since about 1980 because when I went to New York City and I got exposed to uh, what is generally known as modern art, you know, I I stopped looking at photography. When I started doing the landscape, uh, I've been doing it for two or three years. I thought I was getting okay at it, you know, because I was an early adapter i guess you would say and and, uh some people would say like well yeah what do you think about michael Fatali?" i'm like i never even heard of this person (laughs) (laughs) or or what do you think of like galen rowell i've never heard of this person (laughs) and i'd studied you know contemporary art for a long time right yeah at about 80 yeah i stopped looking at photography.
0: So, you don't spend a lot of time looking at other people's work anymore?
1: Well, no, I really don't. I mean, I, I have some, you know, friends that I've emailed and are supporters, and I, they support me. I support them that I look at their work occasionally. And, sure. Uh, yeah, it's great, you know, and especially uh, it's cool because it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I like to see other people's point of view and take on it. Sure. Yeah, it's there's a bunch of talented people out there and very uh, dedicated people to yeah,
0: it. Yeah, no doubt. So if you were, um, you know, looking up the podcast and checking out who the next guests were, who would you really want to see on the podcast?
1: Well, I knew you were going to ask this question, and... uh like i said i'm pretty (laughs) self-absorbed in terms of just photographic images because i spend a lot of time on it and honestly i don't have all the time in the world to look at other people's but i'll tell you uh someone that i met i'm not sure i don't think he does workshops and i don't uh know they would do an interview or anything but i met david shelvin several years ago at the bistai badlands he's kind of the king of the swamps i mean his stuff that he's done down there in louisiana it's just it's just high end it's very impeccable just the processing's perfect and everything so that would be one i would like to you know i hung out with him for a couple of days but okay. you know i it's been a, quite a few years back and yeah you can check out his website yeah
0: i'll check that out uh, for an- sure.
1: another one and i don't have that many friends on facebook like couple hundred and 250 something like that but ha- uh and i don't even know how to pronounce his name Hans strand or Hans. yeah
0: Hans strand yeah
1: yeah, I, you know, I like his stuff. Uh, I think at this point in my life, I have no problems at all with uh, you know super manipulated looking images. If, you know, there's a purpose behind sure. it. But on the on the other hand, you know, I I kind of like the really elegant, subtle stuff because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm an I'm an old guy. You know, I'm a real mellow, uh, older wine guy. So. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, that's that's I, that's kind of the feel I get from looking at your images. They're they're very subtle, which I really appreciate.
1: Yeah, they didn't start out that way, but they're going in that direction. But you know, who knows? I could flip and go back into psychedelic. Well, that's the yeah, that's that's what's <laughs> great about this
0: this art form is that it can take you in many directions. And I feel like, despite what people will say, I don't think there's a wrong way to do it. You know.
1: Oh, no, not at all. And, uh, you know, if I wouldn't have been doing this and if I wouldn't have found something else, I can't imagine where I would be right now. (laughs) But I probably wouldn't be at all that great of a place.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you found it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm not depressed anymore too much.
0: Awesome. (laughs) It's funny how many people I talk to that, that have found um, landscape photography to be that kind of outlet for them.
1: Yeah, it's cathartic. Yeah. yeah. You know, if, if, if you vibe on it. Right, right, right. right. It's yeah, yeah, I don't think you is. can
0: expect to just pick up a camera and go out and shooting and have that work for you. I think there has to be, there's kind of a special ingredient that has to be added. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but... I, I've noticed that a lot of by about a lot of really great artists is that they kinda have that that tint to them in terms of having having it has a dual purpose for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm mean, yeah, you gotta put something behind it or it's just product. It's just pretty pictures. Yeah,
0: yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes I wonder if that's all <clears throat> all I'm doing. I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh well we always gotta question ourselves. Absolutely. That never that never ends. Oh, good! I'm glad. I get to look
0: forward to a lifetime of questioning myself. That's good. That's right. That's right. Well, man, Cecil, it's been really cool having you on the podcast, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to to sit down and chat with me.
1: Well, thanks for having me and your kind comments. I do appreciate absolutely, it. man.